Hi, my name is Nick Nemiroff. Welcome to the first episode of the Big Three Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I would first like to say that I hope anyone listening to this is doing well and has been staying safe through these uncertain times. In this podcast, we will discuss the careers of Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, and Novak Djokovic, also known as the Big Three. We'll explore a variety of topics related to the careers of these three great champions. There'll be solo podcasts like this one and others that will feature conversations between myself and a guest from the tennis community. Today's inaugural episode will tackle an ever-enduring question within the tennis world. Who is the greatest player of all time? This is not a new conversation, nor is it a simple one. We should also be said from the onset that it's also a subjective question. At this current stage in tennis history, Federer, Djokovic, and Nadal are widely considered by many to be the three greatest tennis players ever. Fans of Pete Sampras and Rod Laver may disagree, but we are going to start from the widely held premise that when it is all said and done, one of these three will be considered the greatest of all time. For those still unable to accept that premise, you may think of this podcast as a hashing out of who is the greatest amongst the big three. In this podcast, I'm not providing a single answer. I will present an argument for each member of the big three. There is a compelling case to be made in each of their favors. For each player, I will present an argument in favor of them being the greatest of all time, and then I will present the counter arguments. We'll take this in descending order of Grand Slams, starting with Roger Federer, who currently sits atop of the all-time Grand Slam leaderboard on the ATP side with 20 Grand Slams. Argument number one. Federer has the most Grand Slam titles and has reached the most Grand Slam finals at 31, the most Grand Slam semifinals at 46, and the most Grand Slam quarterfinals at 57. Winning Grand Slams is typically the ultimate goal for any tennis player, and Federer has more of them than anyone else. He's won Grand Slams as early as 2003 and as late as 2018. This is an impressive feat in a sport where players used to regularly fall off in their late 20s. Counterarguments. Nadal and Djokovic are very close to Federer. It is not as a distinguishing of a factor as it used to be. After the 2017 Australian Open, Federer had 18 Grand Slam titles, Nadal had 14, and Djokovic had 12. Federer won 9 of his first 10 Grand Slam titles against players not named Nadal or Djokovic. The names Federer beat were Philippoussis, Safin, Roddick, Hewitt, Agassi, Baghdadis, and Gonzalez. Counter to the counter. Safin, Hewitt, and Agassi were all multiple-time Grand Slam champions. Roddick certainly would have had many more slams if Federer wasn't around. Argument number two. Weeks at number one and consecutive weeks at number one. Federer, at 310 weeks, has the most weeks at number one. Federer also has the most consecutive weeks at number one. From February 2nd, 2004 until August of 2008. This is a span of 237 
consecutive weeks. Jimmy Connors, by comparison, is second on this list at 160 weeks. Federer's consistency and dominance were unprecedented. First counterargument. Federer faced weaker competition than his peers in the big three eventually would. This is often referred to as the weak error. Second counterargument. Novak Djokovic, prior to the coronavirus, was on a strong path to catch Federer's record. There has been much debate on whether Djokovic's rankings should actually count after the ATP decide to freeze the rankings in the midst of the pandemic. Argument number three. Federer never took his foot off the gas. In the years that he was number one, Federer's season-ending records were as follows. 2004, 74-6. and 6. 2005, 81-4. 2006, 92-5. 2007, 68-9. That's a record of 315-24. He won the U.S. Open five years in a row from 2004 to 2008. He won Wimbledon five years in a row, from 2003 to 2007. And he won the World Tour Finals four out of five years between 2003 and 2007, with his only loss coming in the finals of the 2005 event against David Nelbanian in a fifth set tiebreak. Federer made 36 straight Grand Slam quarterfinals between 2004 Wimbledon and 2013 Wimbledon. Federer also made 23 straight Grand Slam semifinals between Wimbledon 2004 and the French Open in 2010. He holds the record for grass court winning streak at 65 matches. He also holds the record for hard court winning streak at 56 matches. Federer is the only player to win 10 grass, hard, and clay court tournaments. He's also the only male player to win two slams six plus times and the only player to win three slams five different times. What I find to be most impressive, between 2005 Wimbledon and the 2010 Australian Open, Federer reached 18 of 19 Grand Slam finals. This week-in, week-out consistency that defined Federer at this point in his career Diminished as he got older, and Adal and Djokovic came into their own. Argument number four. Longevity and adaptation. Federer has won 103 titles in his career. Since 2001, he has won a title every year except 2016, when his season was cut short due to injury. Federer has a 15-year gap between his first Grand Slam title and his most recent Grand Slam title. He's played 1,513 matches in his career and has never retired from a single one. When Federer got his first signature win over Sampras at Wimbledon in 2001, tennis was a much different game. That match was primarily serve and volley. Federer first gained his number one ranking in February of 2004 and most recently had it in April of 2018. This is a 14-year gap. Federer's game is less physically taxing than Djokovic and Nadal's. He has required less from his body to generate racket speed 
and simply never threw as much into the shots as the other two. Federer is also the oldest ATP number one, and he has 15 total seasons ending in the top three. Argument number five, court speed has not been in Federer's favor. It is no secret that courts have gotten slower over time. Advances in racket and string technology provide players with the ability to hit harder shots with a lot more spin. The game has transformed from being one more predicated on attacking all-court tennis to one that strikes more of a balance between offensive and defensive baseline play. Wimbledon, for example, used to be primarily serving volley. Unless Ivo Karlovic is playing Misha Zverev at Newport, you'll never see this in 2020. As a player who relies heavily on attacking tennis, slower courts don't benefit Federer. His two greatest rivals, Djokovic and Nadal, have a heightened ability to track down his shots, which they were already great at to begin with. Counter-argument. Djokovic and Nadal have beaten Federer on faster surfaces in certain big matches and would be able to over the long run if the tour had panned out in a way where more courts were playing faster. Djokovic fans in particular will say, hey, Novak has beaten Roger at Wimbledon the last three times. Federer fans would likely respond by saying that the courts are not as fast as they used to be. As you can tell, these conversations are complex. With that, let's move on to Rafael Nadal next. Nadal currently has 19 Grand Slams. He has appeared in 27 Grand Slam finals. Of the big three, Nadal has played the least amount of Grand Slams. Federer has played in 79, Djokovic 60, and Nadal 59. Argument number one. Unrivaled dominance on clay. Nadal has 12 French Open titles. He is 93-2 at the French Open. He is 6-0 against Federer at the French Open and 6-1 against Djokovic. He defeated Federer four years in a row in 2005, 2006, 2007, and 2008. Three of these were finals. He also defeated Federer in the final in 2011. He defeated Djokovic in the 2012 final, the 2013 semifinal, and the 2014 final. It took an all-time performance from Soderling in 2009 and Novak Djokovic in one of his best seasons ever to beat Nadal at the French Open. Nadal holds 25 Masters 1,000 titles on clay and 59 titles on clay overall. He has 59-8 in clay court finals. Nadal's lethal forehand, speed, and never-ending fight has made beating him on clay the toughest out in tennis over the last 15 years. Nadal had an 81-match winning streak on clay snapped by Federer in 2007. Nadal has also won 52 straight clay court semifinals between 2003 and 2015. Counter-argument. With Nadal having won 69% of his total tournaments on clay, the argument is that Nadal is just a clay court specialist. This is what you'll typically hear. The counter to that would be Nadal has four U.S. Open titles, which is more than Djokovic, and he has two Wimbledon titles. Djokovic has three U.S. Open titles, Federer has five. Nadal made the Wimbledon final 
every year between 2006 and 2011, excluding 2009, which he did not play. He and Federer are the only players to have made the finals of every slam at least five times. Nadal is also the only player ever with 400 plus wins on hard courts and clay courts. He is also the only player to win three Grand Slam titles on three different surfaces in the same calendar year. And even at the Slam that Nadal has won the least, he beat Federer in the finals in 2009 and was up a break in the fifth set against Djokovic in 2012 and against Federer in 2017. Nadal is not a one-trick pony. Argument number two, Nadal's head-to-head record against Federer. Nadal has a 24-16 head-to-head lead over Federer. For years, Federer was considered by many to be the greatest ever. After the 2014 Australian Open, Nadal's head-to-head record against Federer was 23-10. Between the 2008 French Open and the 2009 Australian Open, Nadal won three straight slam finals against Federer. Nadal won nine of their first 11 meetings at slams. Federer had few answers for Nadal's forehand. Nadal also has multiple slams on all three surfaces, something Federer and Djokovic have not achieved. The counterargument: Federer has turned the rivalry around since 2017, ever since he changed his approach on his backhand side. Argument number three, Nadal's fighting spirit. Nadal, more than any other tennis player ever, has demonstrated a unique ability to go after every single point and every single ball as if it were his last. Many players will let a set go if they are down to recover for the next one. We have rarely seen this, if ever, from Nadal in his career. For instance, in the 2012 Australian Open final, Nadal was down two sets to one and fought to the bitter end. This was after he had lost all six of his matches to Djokovic in 2011. It's really tough to counter this. Djokovic is certainly the most clutch player, but if you're picking one player to fight as hard as possible for one match, it's Nadal, something both Djokovic and Federer would surely admit to. Argument number four. Nadal has a winning record against Djokovic and Federer in Grand Slams. Nadal is nine and six against Djokovic in Grand Slams. Nadal won the first five, Djokovic won the next three, Nadal won the next four, and Djokovic has won the last three. Nadal, as previously mentioned, won nine of the first 11 slam matches against Federer and is 10-4 overall against Federer at majors. This is a combined 19-10 record. The main counter-argument here is that 12 of these 19 wins came on clay. Argument number five, team events plus Olympic gold. Nadal is the only member of the big three to have won the Olympic gold medal in singles. Nadal also won the Olympic gold medal in doubles and has won Davis Cup five times. There is certainly something to be said for Nadal's commitment to his country. Federer and Djokovic have each won Davis Cup once. Neither has an Olympic singles gold medal. Counterargument: Team events are not a priority for most players so they should not be weighted as heavily in this conversation. A very fair point. 
but it is worth noting that Nadal won Davis Cup during seasons in which he was playing a very heavy schedule of tournaments to begin with. So that is it for Nadal. We'll now move on to Novak Djokovic. Djokovic, the youngest of the big three, has 17 Grand Slam titles to his name and has appeared in 26 Grand Slam finals. He is currently 27 and 23 against Federer and 29 and 26 against Nadal. Argument number one, his winning head-to-head -head records against Federer and Nadal. Federer started the head-to-head -head against Djokovic up 13 to six. Since then, Djokovic is 21 and 10. Nadal started the head-to-head -head up 14 to four. Since then, Djokovic is 25 and 12. Djokovic has beaten Federer and Nadal at all four Grand Slams. He is the only player to have ever done so. Counter-argument. Djokovic took command of his head-to-head -head against Federer in 2016, as Federer was approaching the age of 35. Nadal fans may argue that Djokovic was able to win seven consecutive matches against Nadal in 2015 and 2016, at a time where Nadal was facing massive struggles. Djokovic fans would likely retort, arguing that even if Nadal was healthy, Djokovic was playing at a supreme level like he was in 2011. Argument number two. Djokovic held all four Grand Slams at once on three surfaces. Djokovic won four slams in a row between 2015 Wimbledon and the French Open in 2016. Federer and Nadal have never accomplished that. Djokovic is the only player in history to have held all four Grand Slams at once on three different surfaces. Achieving on this scale, where the other two have not, is substantial for Djokovic in the context of this debate. Counter-argument. Federer fans may argue that Federer would be in the same position if he had faced Murray in the finals of the French Open in 2006 or 2007. Argument number three, Djokovic's record since 2010. Since 2010, Djokovic has won 16 Grand Slams. Nadal has won 13 and Federer has won five. Djokovic has won 29 Masters 1000 events since 2010. Nadal has won 20, and Federer has won 12. Since 2010, Djokovic has won 63 titles. Nadal has won 48, and Federer has won 43. Since 2010, Djokovic has won 648 matches. Nadal has won 589, and Federer has won 564. Since 2010, Djokovic is 6-5 against Nadal in Grand Slams. And against Federer, since 2010, Djokovic is 10-2. Argument number four, top 10 wins. Djokovic has 212 top 10 wins in his career. Federer, who has played 400 more matches, has 224 top 10 wins. 
Djokovic has achieved all of what has been previously mentioned, not only with a winning record against Federer and Nadal, but he also has done so consistently beating top 10 opponents. He also has a higher winning percentage against top 10 opponents than Federer and Nadal. The counter-argument here is that you cannot control who you play. All three of these great champions have faced many difficult opponents over the years. I reached out to my followers on Twitter and asked them why they believe Federer, Nadal, or Djokovic is the greatest of all time. Jane79591745 points out that along his path to winning 16 of his slams, Djokovic had to beat Federer, Murray, Nadal, or two of them on the way to victory. The only time he didn't was at the 2018 U.S. Open, where he faced Del Potro in the final. Moving on to Federer. DPhil82 points out that Federer won three different slams at least five times, and that he's also been to all the slam finals at least five times. Athik57 points out that even though he doesn't believe in the GOAT argument, if he were to have an argument, it would be Nadal for being the most dominant player in the history of the sport on clay, plus his 19-10 and 10 record in majors versus two top rivals. Thanks so much to everyone on Twitter who contributed such amazing answers. With the conclusion of this episode, I would once again like to say thank you so much for listening. You can follow this account on Twitter at Big3Tennis with the number three. Any suggestions and feedback is certainly welcome. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you here next time on the Big 3 Podcast. Thank you.